0: listening to Brunch with me, Noreen Mare, on this Wednesday morning. Now, let's turn to our next guest of today. In the next 20 minutes or so, we're chatting about the future of films and also TV production here in Hong Kong. And I'm really delighted to be joined in the studio by award-winning producer, director and writer Bizan Tong. He's also the founder of Phoenix Waters Productions. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Um, So, first of all, let's talk about how you ended up in films. How did you get into this industry, Bizan?
1: No, Thank you for asking. It's, uh, it's actually an interesting uh, answer to that because my background was in finance. So I used to work for Barclays, uh, fund management, but also an element of that was investing in media slates. Uh, so for myself, I always had a passion for film. Uh, I think since I was five. Uh, but ultimately, my parents, being half Chinese, <laughs> told me... Say
0: no more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> told me... Uh, they, no, they were very supportive of film, but they told me go into finance. They said, don't be the person asking for money for film. Be the person who can fund the films, which made sense.
0: Very wise words, yeah. because I'm also half Chinese and yeah. yes, uh, and half Pakistani. So I think both, both sides of it were like, yeah, don't do think arts related, you know, but, yeah. but
1: follow your dreams. Exactly. <laughs> we'll support you throughout. But try to do it in a realistic way.
0: <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. So that's how you sort of fell into to, to, uh, films.
1: Yeah. Uh, it became a, a case where I moved, uh, formed a production company. It was running my career at Barclays, but at the same time wanting to develop my first film. Uh, and so I engaged with a producer in the US, uh, went about making The Escort. Uh, it was a romantic drama about um, uh, exploring the, the uh, providing a platform or a voice for sex workers. Uh, by, by doing interviews with them and telling a fictional story about a young man trying to convince an escort to leave her line of work. Uh, and it, it fortunately did well. It won awards, um, and as a result of that, it opened the doors. So within months of that, I was shooting in L.A., I was having these deals being done. It made me think, OK, this is a great opportunity uh, to be doing what I love. Um, and then soon after that, after doing a couple more films, uh, I then decided, let's, let's, let's expand to Hong Kong.
0: Absolutely. So, oh, by the way, um, we are live on Facebook as well. So I'd love our listeners to join us there. Uh, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. You'll be able to see and hear Bizan there. So then how did you end up in Hong Kong? You were in LA, you were in the UK, then you op- doors opened doors open to the LA. Mm. And how did you end up in Hong Kong? Uh,
1: so I saw audience tastes gravitating in terms of internationally in the West, in the US and the UK. We were seeing this uh, excitement in Asian content, admittedly primarily Korea.
0: Korean, yes. Yeah,
1: so K-dramas, BTS, Korean food and so, forth. But it made me think Hong Kong used to be the apex of the of creative uh, cinema in Asia. Uh, 80s, 90s, early noughties.
0: Absolutely. The, the, the era that we grew up in, Exactly, uh, we watched a lot of these films. Why did we stop exporting these films? I often wonder that.
1: So it's I would say, it peaked uh, with infernal affairs. And uh, during that time, so let's look at the last 15 years. Uh, it's not a case that it's diminished. It's a case that uh, we've been seeing the local industry gravitating, shifting towards mainland China, and it makes sense from a business point of view. There's a very large Such demographic, a big market. exactly. Yeah. Lots of co-production opportunities, um, a big uh, opportunity to reach out to wider audience bases. I mean, I can understand the reason why, uh, but that also leaves a gap in the market, and currently that gap is essentially filled. And this is not meant to be taken as an offence, but with Jean Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal movies, uh, and so I saw an opportunity there in that I'm working with. Uh, with notable people in the US and the UK. And with that network, I want to see, can we build bridges between the East and West again? Can we support the international resurgence of the Hong Kong film industry? Because the infrastructure is there, the talent is there, but we're just not paying attention to them, at least in the West.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Wow. it—it feels I can feel the energy and to just rejuvenate the space because you're right, you know, there's so much talent here uh, in Hong Kong. Um, Speaking of sort of uh, the the need to, to build the bridge, I think there's definitely been a lot of talk about uh, asian actresses and actors mm-hmm. uh, in the past few months especially this week because of the oscars uh, with uh, everything everywhere all at once uh, winning seven oscars and uh, michelle yo uh, won best actress which she was the first asian to win this uh, accolade um are we going to see more sort of support uh towards uh, asian uh, cast and and also uh behind the scenes uh, crew as well
1: Oh, absolutely! No, I absolutely agree with that, and it's been wonderful to see that shift. Uh, and again, Michelle Yeoh is a primary example of that. She, we've always known to her to be a superstar here in Hong Kong. Uh, she's always been perceived to be one of the greats. At the same time, it took it took decades for her to get the recognition that she deserves, which just climaxed in this big, uh, this, this uh, ceiling uh, glass ceiling breaking move. Um, and it's great to be seeing that because ultimately, in you know, when it comes to the studios. Everything is based down to the fundamentals of business, of money, of commerce. Um, And so in this case, they're seeing that excitement with a success, commercial success of everything, everywhere, all at once. And that has also made them then think to themselves that we need to be casting and exploring uh, more Asian talent. So I see what Michelle Yeoh has done to be opening the gates, not only for women of her age, but also for younger talent, for next generation.
0: I think absolutely. And I think her speech was really uh, electrifying as well. I think it also goes to show that um, people also support uh, Ki Hui Kwan also, because his his career sort of took a a bit of a, a... not really a hiatus. It, well, it kind of did come to a bit of an end. essentially dead. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. But now people are like, oh, he was in the goonies. Yeah. And he's just sort of made a comeback. My my, my concern is that people are sort of rejuvenated by with this, but it sort of will mm-hmm. peak and then it'll go down. Like we saw with Parasite. You know, Parasite a few years mm-hmm. ago, everyone was so excited about sort of Asian cinema. Yeah. And then it took a bit of a, a, a dip until Crazy Rich Asians. Is it sort of cyclical with something in, in this film industry? Mm-hmm.
1: I would say there's always a cycle. Um, there's always that moment of uh, of excitement uh, with, with something being achieved. And then you've got the next day and then soon after it dips. So it's really about how can we sustain the momentum? Um, so I'll give you a different example, which is uh, looking at Get Out. So Get Out was a very commercially successful horror film that explored race relations, uh, in this case, liberal racism. But it was soon followed by Black Panther and you had Black Klansmen and you had various other... Critically and commercially successful films dealing with those issues. So, what we need is to sustain that momentum. So, we've seen the success of Everything Everywhere, but can we create more content, more productions of a high level in terms of quality uh, and uh, appealing to the masses um, that that's, uh, again feature at the forefront Asian talent?
0: Yeah. Well, let's get into your work. You know, maybe you you never know. Maybe then the Oscars will be highlighting Hong Kong (laughs) actors and and, and actresses. Now, uh, you've got a lot of projects going on. Um, You're working. Your latest film right now is, is it Tape? Yes, Tape. Okay. so Tape, it's a it's a remake. You've also co-written it and you're directing it. Tell us what Mm -hmm. it's about.
1: Uh, So Tape was originally a Richard Linklater film. So five time Oscar nominated director. It was a Toronto and Sundance hit. Uh, and it starred Ethan Hawke and Uma Furman. And uh, now the concept is the same, the plot is the same, in that it's about three friends who reunite 15 years after they finish school. And we find out a devastating secret about uh, about one of them and what he did to another. Um, and so what we wanted to do was, uh, essentially it was a Me Too movie before Me Too happened. Yeah, the film was made uh, back in 2001. And I felt with what happened uh, after, after Weinstein, Um, But also the fact that in Asia and Hong Kong, we haven't really had a Me Too reckoning.
0: Not so much. No. No. It's uh, more sort of seen in the West. And in Hong Kong, it's sort of, there was a little bit of a rise, but then it sort mm. of um, died down a little bit.
1: Yeah. And so what we wanted to do was, uh, we we were conscious of the cultural sensitivities. But I wanted to tell this story. Uh, and work with local talents, with local crew, and with local writers, because it's a very sensitive subject matter, but it's an important one that needs to be discussed. At the same time, I wanted to showcase that the talent today in Hong Kong are just as good as Ethan Hawke, Uma Thurman, and so forth, but we shouldn't be seeing anyone as being lesser than. Uh, And so I worked with the original team. So Steve Belber wrote the original film, Um, He actually has a new movie out in cinemas in the U.S. this Friday. Netflix recently announced he's the creator and co-show on a new series called The Madness. So he's really at the top of his game. And he uh, and I co-wrote tape. And then Selena Lee, so Lee Zewa, uh, who's the lead actress there playing the Uma Thurman role, she and another Hong Kong screenwriter, Bonnie Lo, came on to to localize it, to to adapt it, um, but also to provide that female perspective, which we felt... Being two guys <laughs> <laughs> who would be missing. Uh, and so it's been, it's been wonderful. So we, we shot the film uh, with a wonderful cast of so Kenny Kwan, um, Adam Pack, who I think many viewers might have seen him in, in A Guilty Conscience, uh, Selena Lee, uh, Mason Fong, who just won the Best Supporting Actor at Hong Kong Film Award last year, uh, what was it Summer Chan Angis Young? So a great cast. Um, and then we, we shot that towards the end of the year. We've just finished editing, um, but the response has been very positive from those who've seen it.
0: Excellent. Now, apart from film, you're also working in TV production as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you've, you've also been involved with uh, ATV, which is Hong Kong's oldest broadcaster. Yeah. How did that sort of uh, connection develop?
1: Sure. So uh, it was interesting because I came to Hong Kong in July 2019. But that first year, it wasn't me attempting to reach out and connect. It was me trying to understand the environment. So I needed to understand the opinions, the opinions of the public. I needed to understand the, who the studios were, or rather, who the production companies are, who the key players are. Uh, and then within a year, I saw an opportunity with ATV. Uh, in that, there were, in terms of its production, I didn't see anything occurring. Uh, but at the same time, it has the facilities. So, so I had a meeting with their with their it board. It used to
0: be the biggest TV station, yeah. And then TVB took over exactly, yeah. I
1: know because it had what was my dates for Vampire, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? It had some great stuff, um, and so it was be it made sense to be going there and to see what can we do. Uh, so I had a meeting with them, and the the determination was let's partner up. Uh, so I'm an executive producer there. At the same time, my company Phoenix Waters would uh, would partner with them to develop content. Uh, and so the first thing that we decided to do actually was a film called Lockdown. Um, and then after that, it became a TV series, A Forensic Psychologist. Uh, so with that, uh, the reason I de- decided to do the series was I wanted to explore uh, a series that's different to the usual ilk in Hong Kong. I do watch TVB, I do watch VU TV. I want to understand you know, what was popular here. At the same time, I'm trying to appeal again to the international market. And so I wanted to tell a story with universal themes. In this case, the concept was exploring mental health and criminal behavior. Um, each episode, the psychologist interviews a criminal to to decide if they're mentally fit to stand trial. At the same time, I wanted to showcase the young talent in Hong Kong. Uh, so Jeannie Chan Chan-Ying played the lead, and then she was surrounded by... Uh, actually, it's an eclectic uh, assortment of cast. So we had a Hong Kong Film Award winner, Chris Sunji. We had a popular young actor, Locker Lam from Trial and Error. We had Justin Chongkin sing and so forth. It was just this incredible cast we were building out. Uh, but it was really to showcase the actors today, the new generation of actors today, in a way that can appeal both locally, but also internationally.
0: You raise such a good point because it seems like the talent is here. It's just giving them a platform. Is there a lot of people here in Hong Kong working on films, um, or has there been sort of a brain drain in this industry?
1: Mm. Um, I would say that it's still occurring. Um, but at the same time, looking year on year, uh, we've seen the film industry shrink or decline. Uh, now there's this desire, there's this hunger to do more. And uh, and we can see that with, firstly, uh, Boy Band Mirror. <laughs> with what? And so you that's...
0: worked with Anson Lo? Not, yet, is... not, yet, oh, not yeah, yet, not yet,
1: not yet, <laughs> and, uh, We made the announcement last year for yes. Chongqing Mansions, uh, but uh, we've had to delay the shoot. Uh, but no, I'm hoping that we can still continue on uh, uh, towards the end of this, this year. Um, but no, it's been exciting in terms of with, with Mirror, um, but also with, for example, a Guilty Conscience making over $100 million at the box office. It's showcasing this desire, this passion for film which exists uh, with Lewis Crews' Warriors of Future. I mean, a big blockbuster here. It's, it changes the game. And so I see being at Film Art, um, I'm seeing this excitement from producers, from directors, writers and so forth uh, to, to be exploring the next chapter in Hong Kong cinema.
0: I'm so glad you raised uh, Film Art because that's my, the, the next part. You, you're involved in various projects. So what's mm-hmm. your involvement with Film Art then?
1: This uh, year? So, uh, so Film Art actually um, headed a panel yesterday. Uh, so the, the, the panel was really about international collaboration and investment in Hong Kong film, or rather the case for why international investors should be looking at Hong Kong film. Because Should they? That's the thing. <laughs> I, that's the reason I came in yes. to, to Hong Kong. I see it as, an, as undervalued. I see the talent uh, as, I mean, they're human, I'm friends with them, but I uh, treat them as stocks and commodities in that we know that they're, they're very skilled. They have a fan base here, but in truth, if they were in the US or the UK, they, no one would notice them. Uh, so what I'm trying to do is can we shed a spotlight on that talent and export them just as we did with Michelle Yeoh?
0: How does our talent sort of compare with, say, K-R- K-pop artists? Because I, I see K-pop artists—it's yeah, like you said, commodity—and and they are doing well sort of overseas. Yes. How can we elevate the stars? Because you know, I think Hong Kong actors and Hong Kong singers are just as talented, you know, and I agree. the talent is—if not, you know—I I don't want to say more, but you know, it's really there. So sometimes I, I see how come there was a decline in the '90s, and how can we rejuvenate yeah. this
1: base? No, you're right. I, I like listening to music. I, I was listening to songs from Joseph. In China, from Grace Wong, and they're, they're supremely talented. Um, and I guess the answer to that would be: Let's look at Korean drama in 2012. Were we talking about it? Yeah. Um, the reality is, a lot of these filmmakers, producers, and so forth, understood, learnt, and understood what was working internationally, and they started to bring that into Korea. And they built out the, the Korean film industry and TV industry in a way that made it more universal, and that's why shows like *Crash Landing on You* became so successful internationally. So we need to be doing that. Can we tell more universal stories? And can we exploit for in terms of higher production values? In terms of, can we make it more slicker, more stylish, more like what we're watching on Netflix, Disney Plus?
0: Speaking of Netflix, you know how do streaming services like Netflix or other platforms sort of affect the film industry and and people actually wanting to go out to the cinema to mm. or sometimes films not even made for the screen for, for the big screens anymore yeah. they go straight to these streaming services. Does that you know does that have a detrimental effect of people's enjoyment of just mm-hmm. consuming you know um, just on Netflix?
1: Yeah, but I think certain films are made for a big screen experience like uh, Avatar with Top Gun Maverick. Uh, the pandemic forced uh, many of us to stay at home. And uh, to be honest, during that time, even I, I was fully supportive of that. Um, but at the same time, what it means is that it feels like everything is for TV and you're not really paying full attention than you are in the, in the confines you of an audience. Pause movie. it at
0: any time. It, yes. You know, it's not really the full flow of, of the, the movie experience where you're mm-hmm. gripped in the room with yeah. all the actors for two hours.
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And it's a communal experience when yes. you're in the cinema. Yeah. So no, I, I, I do feel that uh, it's good to be seeing a shift back towards the big screen again. Um, and in terms of streaming platforms, uh, I believe um, Bob Iger uh, was saying recently from Disney Plus, uh, sorry, from Disney, uh, was saying that uh, platform exclusivity was damaging to all the streamers. So it would be good to see that shift, that change, and maybe a hybrid model that will uh, be more beneficial to the to the big screen experience.
0: Yeah. Well, Bazan, before I let you go, uh, finally, what else are you working on currently? What's in the pipeline at the moment? Sure.
1: So uh, we have a number of projects. Um, so one of them is a drama series, Crypto Keepers. So I'm fully aware about uh, the tech industry in Hong Kong with what Science Park and Cyberport are doing. And we were telling a story about uh, two groups, David versus Goliath uh, story, competing to create the next Bitcoin. Uh, But it's a drama series, fictional. Uh, Then we've got Chongqing Mansions, uh, which is going to be the the biggest zombie film in Hong Kong history. And that's I'm particularly excited about. Uh, And yesterday we announced a new film, Hostage Crisis. Uh, so just as with chunking Mansions, it's about bringing the international cast to Hong Kong. With Hostage Crisis, it's about bringing the Hong Kong cast internationally. And so I can't reveal too much yet, but the plot is about a hostage negotiator in LA who's facing a team of people from Hong Kong who are there to take back the money that was stolen from them.
0: Wow, that sounds gripping. Yeah. Well, um, all eyes will be on, on the film industry, and like you said, I think the pandemic has shifted it. I think that there was a time when people said, you know, yeah. the, the art industry and the film industry is sort of. Uh, going uh, dead but actually that's not true during the pandemic everyone was watching films Agreed. and movies and I think there's certainly uh, something there well Bizan thank you so much for your time this morning uh, we we could go on and I look forward to inviting you back next time to talk about more projects for our listeners thank you for having me and remind our listeners once again how can we find out uh, more about you and your work have you got an, an Instagram or a, any uh, social media or a website uh, for your work
1: yep yeah, I mean, my website is phoenixwatersproductions.com uh, we we actually announced yesterday phoenix waters asia to partner with a new uh, with another film production company agog films to catalyze the productions that we're making here uh so yep yeah, so PhoenixwatersAsia.com is now the primary one um at the same time uh yeah my, i think my instagram is uh, my name bijan underscore tong
0: <laughs> excellent well bijan thank you so much for, for joining us today and i look yeah. forward to inviting you. you back next time thank you so much
1: thank you